This is the uh, the second day of Sashin. Second day, yes. Second day of Rohatsu Sashin is also uh, uh, going to be on YouTube. Besides uh, Zoom, so and this is a uh, uh, on the uh, the three or the second of the three uh, tenants that are that just arose as something about having the order of immediate light as a way of protecting, separating, establishing this particular connection that this person has with the Kagyu lineage through Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche and through Kobanchina Roshi, the Soto Zen order. Some people, off and on, people will say, well, why did you leave uh, that way? When did you, so and I, did you go from here to there and I really haven't gone anywhere? Uh, other stuff has gone other places. You're not asking them or it's all gone, but I haven't gone anywhere. I'm still a student of the Vidyadara. I'm still a student of His Holiness, the 16th, the 17th, uh, Karmapa, and I'm a, a student of you guys with your permission. <clears throat> so the title is um, um, the so I'll read the tenet. The form consciousness finds is empty as it appears and full as it is. So sounds a little complicated. It's actually extremely simple and uh, extraordinarily complicated. So you're correct whichever direction you go. And the title of the Dharma talk is uh, consciousness. How many dots? Three dots, dot, dot, dot as it is, capitalized, as it is. Uh, simpler than putting down the whole tenant. So the first one was consciousness. Consciousness always finds its own form. We can talk about that a little bit. I gave a talk on that yesterday. Thanks for helping me with the memory portion of this. The second one is the form consciousness finds is empty as it appears. So anything that shows up, whatever it is, in its uh, uh, illusory separation from everything else, which you are doing with your mind, fundamentally things are not separate from each other. Well, sure, fingers are separate from each other. Uh, the zafus or cushions in the meditation hall, people are separate, ideas are separate, thoughts are separate. Mice are trying to separate themselves from cats usually. Well, things are separated, but the form consciousness finds is empty as it appears. So whatever consciousness is doing, and it's not separate from anything fundamentally, even ultimately, but that's, that's something that has to be realized or understood or seen directly. It's not something you can make up or think about or track some kind of concepts about it. Even though there are a lot of people who write books about this, who explain it conceptually and will uh, be, uh, it could be very entertaining, could be a lot of fun, could spend a lot of time studying that. And it doesn't mean that it's not clear. It doesn't mean that those concepts aren't very clear about what they're talking about, but it's the, it's the concept about what they're talking about. What is it about? Not separate. The two knots, not separate and not together. 
and what does that do in the thinking mind, the processing mind, or the conceptual mind? Kind of stops everything, and then then you have to go back with the concepts and kind of relook at that. What is that pointing at? And then you can go back towards that again with a concept, con your conceptual mind. We need this, as as you know, we study everything we can. I have a book list of fifty different books. I would put more on there, but I think that's enough for now. And we have, how many book study sessions do we have these days? Anybody count them? Is there eight of them or nine of them? Nine, nine just in the monastery. And then if you add the ones uh, in Petoskey uh, um, and Kalamazoo and Grand Rapids, there's a few more that happen weekly. So we're, we're studying a lot of material and uh, it's a good thing. So consciousness, the form consciousness finds, when I say finds, it's just a way of talking about it. We can uh, deconstruct that if you feel it necessary, is empty. So it's empty of your imputation about it. It's, it's, it's just that. And even that is actually, even to say it's just that, it's just a way of pointing at it, but even that is too much. So when you begin to see what this is, you won't be thinking or feeling or smelling or tasting or touching or thinking or hearing in the way you did before. It'll still be happening, but there will be no identity behind it. You won't be separate. I'm not talking about something romantic or magical here, even though you could use magic, but you won't be separate from anything you see. And you'll get used to it. And it'll be when you get, when it first starts to show up that way, you might be kind of astonished in some sense because, well, that's way too simple, isn't it? But then you kind of kind of get used to that. It just it's always looking. It's always not separate. It's always not separate. And even this even this apparent used to be used to was is that a phrase that I could use? It used to was separation. The separation that used to get you, like your anger, your your irritation, your aggravation with others, your aggravation with yourself because you're aggravated with others because they're aggravated with you about how you've been acting, and you should straighten up. I mean, you can get all wound up in that, in that, uh, what do they call those strings you put on your fingers that it's like, uh, uh, it's a good represent, a representation for orderly chaos, which uh, Vidyadara uses. It's chaos, but it's orderly. What is that called? Cat's cradle? Yeah. I, I knew it was something to do with cats. Meow. Did you know that meow, meow is Mandarin for cat? I'm studying languages slowly. <laughs> the form consciousness finds, whatever it is, any, any, any form that consciousness is that you're aware of, you're conscious of, uh, even though initially it's like you're aware of something because you still have an identity that is looking, receiving, looking, shutting down, looking, ignoring, passion, aggression, and ignorance. You're, you're, you're jockeying around for a position because you want something else. And what do you want? Well, fundamentally, we want to be happy. We want to be content. We want to be fulfilled. We want, we want, we want, we want to be, be successful. We want to be, uh, make our, what, parents proud of us. When you, when you have a teacher, then you kind of want your teacher to be proud of you. 
I can tell you right now, if you're looking at this, I'm extremely proud of you because this is not something that's very popular. Much easier to go and listen to someone else talk about something else. The form consciousness finds is empty. So going back to that again, whatever is found, the, the thing that the imputation, because our own imputation of I'm here and I'm viewing that over there because of our identification, identification with the body, the five skandhas, form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness is so powerful. We are conditioned to do this. And when we're born and we're raised up and we're taught, don't do this, do this, stop doing that. You should know better than that. Now, why did you spell that? Ever heard that before? It's like, put you in kind of an existential mind when you're three or four years old. You're not sure exactly why you did spell that, but you've been asked a question, and this is an adult, so perhaps you should come up with an answer. And it better not be a wisecrack. Like, who wants to know? Especially to your mom. But it is, it's difficult. If you, if you remember back how you were starting to navigate the extreme confusion in some areas and really powerful clarity. The confusion was about who you were as uh, maybe a little bit off from what your experience was, but your clarity was about others. Did you notice? You notice you could, act, if 15 adults were in a room, you could, you, if you had the words for it, you could actually point it out which ones are crazy. Already, you're only three because of the way they acted, the way they treated you. And the ones that just looked at you and maybe interacted with you in where you were at, you noticed that right away. They, you could call that friendly, not just condescending adult. You'd be quite lucky if you had a parent that was doing that. Usually it was a, an aunt or an uncle or a neighbor. In my case, it was neighbors. Consciousness finds a form that is empty as it appears. So however it appears, it's however it appears, it's empty of that appearance. And then the end of that uh, tenet is the form is uh, form consciousness finds is empty as it appears and full as it is. You notice I keep looking down to read it because I can't remember it. Maybe if I was threatened. And full as it, as it is, it's, as it is, it's full of what it is. And what is it full of? You can use lots of different words. Uh, I prefer to say Buddha. It's completely awake here. Nothing sleeps anywhere. Nothing is asleep. This is a misunderstanding because our idea of sleep uh, is that we are aware of something else. <laughs> Maybe so. So all of the teachings, not all of them, but most of the teachings are pointing at this in different ways from different directions with different uh, elaborations and different uh, uh, condensations, uh, this and this and this. And uh, the one that I, uh, talk about and others we study in the Samadhi Nirmachana Sutra, the like uh, the uh, Lankavatara Sutra, and other places uh, is uh, Vasubandhu is uh, the three natures. 
Paratantra or de dependent origination. This causes this, causes that. This is and this is and this and this and this and this and this. It's just simple uh, collection of things bouncing around without any particular direction or personality. And then there's the imaginary nature, or, or is it Parikalpada? Do you know? I was looking at her. Oh, you were so looking at her when I was talking? Yeah. In other words, you were Watching looking at her and I was talking and you were ignoring what was being said. Okay, that's good. So you were teaching. I was just watching what was moving. <laughs> <laughs> see. I do. I should have. <laughs> no, I don't have to. You just you just nailed me there. I'm I'm sunk. I'm a sunk ship. Yeah, you're watching what was moving, which is what I should have been doing. Should I correct myself? So if something arises and then we make up stuff about it, we, we, we don't just see what arises. We don't just, the, the form arises and we, instead of seeing that it's empty, we add stuff on based on uh, passion, aggression, ignorance, hope and fear, <clears throat> wanting something else. Simply put, life is suffering, first noble truth. Why? We, we want something else, we want other stuff. We want that. And of course, the last two are that can end and train your mind, simply put. So this is something you could you could contemplate, you could look at, you could, this is why this is set up this way. This, uh, these three tenets, which uh, I'll talk about the third one tomorrow. Uh, don't ask me about it today, if you're familiar with it, uh, because I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't plan much. And these, uh, these have been arising for several years. It didn't happen this year, last year, or even the year before. I don't know where, where they even came from. I didn't think them all. And that doesn't mean that a, some angel delivered it either. Although there, although there are angels everywhere. So full as it is, full as it is. This is the, the perfected nature, or one of the interpretations for uh, Aranishpana. It's just, it's just perfect. There isn't anything else but this. It's not only full as it is, it's astonishing as it is. And it's also not astonishing at all because it's as it is. 
So the astonishment part comes when one sees what contrast. You can't be astonished without contrast. And if you have con contrast, uh, this is uh, separation. This is delusion. Do you have to get it, get rid of that? No. You have to get rid of anything. It, the worst possible feeling or misery that can arise in your sense fields. If you're trying to get rid of it, trying to medicate it, trying to meditate it, trying to do anything with it, this is spiritual materialism. Trying to use spiritual techniques to get somewhere. And if you're, if you're somewhere, which is in the middle of gloom or depression or irritation or anxiety or uh, uh, emotions that you didn't know you had until somebody come, came along and triggered them, they didn't pour emotions into you. They triggered emotions that you had in, in the basement or in the attic or in the closet that you can't find the key to. Somebody came along and say, I'll open that for you. You can take a look at that. Don't, don't get rid of that. Just look at it. Just observe. Just observe. Just observe whatever is arising in the sense fields, including the mind. Do nothing with it. And in this way, in this way, become clear about the delusion. You can't become clear about clarity unless you're pouring water into water, in which case uh, work is done. That's just a way of talking about there's nothing, saying there's nothing to do. Pouring water into water, why do that? But that's a way of talking about uh, ultimacy using relative ideas. Is it true? Is it true? <laughs> what are you thinking about? <laughs> you shouldn't have sat in the front row. <laughs> Where's your little person at? Upstairs. With his dad. I bet he misses you. <laughs> the form consciousness finds is empty as it appears and full as it is, empty, full. Not exactly different from each other. There is no conclusion. There's no particular result. There's just the path. And eventually there, there isn't any path because there isn't anywhere to go. There's nothing to do. There's nowhere to go. And then if one has received and uh, uh, practices the Bodhisattva vow, then, then you're at the you're a servant to everyone. Maybe not in the way they would like you to be, but you you meet everyone where they're at, and if they give you permission, you help them, but you don't interfere with them. No sales pitch, no ad advertisements. How do you pronounce that? Advertisements or advertisements? Depends on where you live. How about Chicago? Norman Mailer wrote a book back in the 50, 50s, yeah, I think called Advertisements for Myself. It's an interesting book. Can't remember what he said, but it was interesting. I was really into Norman Mailer at one point. So let's have some questions around this material. The easier, the better. See who is easy. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. So go ahead. If um, Buddha nature is full, or if everything is empty as it is, and, and empty as it appears and full as it is, does this fullness have qualities? It's taught that way sometimes. What, what are they? 
find somebody that teaches that. Uh, I hesitate to go into the qualities, then we start a search. We try to see if we have that quality yet, and it, you might as well be slamming a door on yourself. So this is another way that I would work with people individually, is if you want to know about that, there, there's tons of material out there that will tell you all about the qualities, lists of them. You're already reading books that talk about that. Name one of them. Not the qualities, the books. Current one is Gone Beyond about the Abhisam Maya Alamkara Sutra. No, did that list those? Quality uh, of not yet, but I'm hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not trying to put you off. I mean, we, we could go, I don't have those memorized, but there are traditionally qualities there. But you could uh, just reflect on that rather than just receive a platter full of qualities that you're looking and comparing and comparing to see how you're doing same that's the same reason I don't I don't ignore the the 10 stages or sometimes 11 or 12 stages of the or boomies or grounds of the bodhisattva but I don't particularly teach them because they're so incredibly variable and they they can they're, they're like magnets for the thought patterns they're like magnets for which boomy are you on what I would be on that boomy Probably not. I'm thinking, I seem like I'm kind of on the eighth boomy, but I'm pretty much stuck on the second. So same thing with qualities. I don't mean to be uh, disrespectful to your question. I think it's a good question, but I would say uh, two things. I don't remember and go look it up. I've got one right here and then I'll come back to you. I think it's Don, right? Is as it appears different than as it is? Let me read it. Let's see. Empty as it appears. Okay. The path quality is makes it different, but fun, the fundamental understanding is nothing is separate from anything. So even confusion is awakening. Even even uh, even uh, samsara is nirvana. This is not something I made up. It's just that you, if you see it, then maybe is this what they were talking about? That you can't find anything else? Is that what is that what they mean? Is that what they mean when there there is no otherness to anything? When everyone you look at is very mirror-like, even the mirror quality falls away because that's an object. Those fall away. Go ahead. Is is there a way for those teachings that do seem to separate to support us and not enforce our tendency to separate? Paraphrase what you said. Think about what you said and then say it in a different way. Paraphrase it. I'll wait. Well, then just repeat it. See if it changes as you talk about it. What's the question? Do you know what you said? Interesting. 
So that would be the response. You're not being corrected. That's that's correct. The way that shows up is correct. Does that feel like you're being corrected? Good. <laughs> Further questions? Don, go ahead. Uh, Don Bowing. Uh, is the appearance of any form dependent on the particular consciousness that's finding it? Yes. Yes. If, if there's a particularity, consciousness really doesn't have any location. And it also doesn't belong to anyone. Uh, you, it's just on loan, kind of. You could say, here, we're going to bite off a chunk of this. And here, open wide, throw it in there. And then you become born. And you have a mom and a dad. And then you just kind of assume you're somebody because your mom and dad tell you who you are. Don't do that. Pick that. Don't pick that up. That's not yours. Don't hit your brother. Those kind of things. <laughs> Remember those? Or you didn't have a brother? But we're, we're indoctrinated, we're, in, uh, we're conditioned to buy into this whole body-mind complex, unless you happen to be born into an environment where you begin to hear these teachings very, very early. And even then, depending on the karma that you came, uh, that came down the chute with you, uh, you may be able to receive that, you may not. You may be ready to receive this, and you may not. Uh, you... There's the causes and conditions that arise are untraceable there. You can't find the first, you can't find the source for anything. There are relative sources for everything, even for the uh, galaxies. There's some kind of a source there. You could kind of invent if you were a physicist. But there, there's no fundamental source for this. So, uh, Don Bowing, so what is form without appearance? Bowing. Something's in hiding. <laughs> Is that emptiness? How does it look to you? I think that's too easy. You want it easy? <laughs> um, I just wanted your validation. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I'll give it to you. I validate that. I totally approve of it. What did you say? I said, is form without appearance emptiness? Now make a statement out of that. Form without appearance is emptiness. Is that true? What is truth? Don't do that. Uh -huh. um, don't get to do that. I get to do that. I'm Okay, so I'm doubting it, so I don't think it is true. So, and it's, uh, and notice the, the little edge of aggression that came up with that response. Mm -hmm. Do you notice it? Yeah. And you know, that kind of, that aggression is one of the three poisons and it's a very, it's just a sliver of it. There's not much there, but it's there. And it's uh, it's uh, it's a, uh, an aggressive form of ignorance, just like uh, passion is a, is a grasping form of ignorance. But the fundamental situation is the ignorance. So you could use that, you can back up, don't get rid of that. Don't get rid of your confusion, but please see it, see it. Don't, don't blame anybody for anything. Even if they just came up and hit you or ran into your car or stole your bicycle. I mean, sure, you can go get the bicycle or you can get upset with them, you, but fundamentally don't, don't blame. There isn't anyone else. If you think there is, you'll continue to uh, be a nuisance to yourself and everyone else.
transcend this. And how do you see, how do you transcend it? You see the, the, you look at the grasping. Don't stop grasping. Don't stop being aggressive. Be the aggression you're trying to get rid of. This doesn't mean pop somebody, but, but you have to actually be those emotions. You have to be, you have to be, have some kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, some kind of humility over the situation. You have to cave in a little bit to that so that you can, so you can be this person that was born, in my case, 79 years ago. So you can actually be who you are. It's hard. Do it anyway. Yes. Do we have to be that aggression to get the right feedback from the world? I think that's a very slippery uh, area and it's a very thin uh, situation that's constantly morphing around as long as there's confusion, as long as there's a desire for something else, even enlightenment, then, then that's a very slippery area. And what, we, what do we do with that? Just observe it. Just watch the slipperiness. Don't go in there with any tools or any repair work. Other teachers teach differently. They are not incorrect, but I'm not doing that. Yes. What would happen if we slipped there? Just, just more, just climb back up the mountain again and slip again and climb back up and slip again. You would just, you would just get relative in your uh, truth in your face over and over again, which depending on your, your awareness practice, if you're spending some time sitting down, holding still and watching the movement, then that, that will be, that will show up more. Uh, it'll be more apparent as to what is happening there. Not, it won't necessarily be more apparent as what you should do about it. You, you actually be receiving what's happening rather than producing. So you hear me talk all the time. If you can just receive, don't produce, but if you have to produce, give it 10%. The other 90% 90, 90 of the time receive everything. I don't care how horrible, ugly, or fattening it is. Do it anyway. Shoka Bowing. Yes, sir. Is the fundamental ignorance different than the aggression? Well, it's, uh, it's functioning in a different way. The aggression is actively coming out of that uh, uh, not wanting something and being aggressive, uh, not wanting something and being uh, uh, grasping or passionate. And then the fundamental ignorance is just not much at all. That's why that's very similar to, to, Buddha, uh, to Buddha nature. And, and, and it's actually not separate from it. It's uh, ultimate situation is none of that is separate, but that would be the, the, the ignoring part seems to be the, 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 kind of the, what would you call it, stasis, something that's not doing anything. That's why it's difficult to see because it's an actual shut, uh, shutting down that is very subtle, sometimes called fixation. Find something, you like it, you don't like it, no matter what it is, just lock down on it. Even though it might want to move. Shoka bowing. When yes. you're talking about the tenant and you're talking about the uh, appearance of something, and then as it is, uh, what is the uh, appearance of fundamental ignorance? Well, fundamentally, you think something appears. 
you think you think when I say you think I'm not accusing you of anything. You're asking me a question. I'm saying that if you see what this is, uh, nothing's really happening. We're not saying that uh, the sun doesn't come up and the, the moon doesn't argue with it. Of course. Of course, cause and effect, cause and effect. That's happening everywhere. That's that's why this incredible labyrinth we call samsara is so magnetic and so seductive and so scary because it's all these nerve endings are exposed to weather, all kinds of weather. But to see what it is doesn't mean that you're somehow uh, oblivious. I'm not talking about that kind of situation, but something where you're, you see fundamentally what it is. So if there's, if nothing is separate, if, if you fundamentally see that, then even the movement is just an illusion. This is an illusion. These are, these are illusions. Doesn't mean it's not there. It doesn't mean that it doesn't have a quality there. More questions? Shushu. A question from Raphael in New York. Raphael. How can we tell if our study of the Buddha Dharma is becoming a hindrance in our actual practice? Well, if you have a, have a teacher, you might ask her. You need to have a teacher. That's what I'm basically saying. Her or them or him. Not really knowing you, but having, having had some interchange with you a little bit here and there. Um, I would say just keep it very simple. Sit a lot, but also study. Study. Well, you know, I'm biased here. I've studied a little bit and I have a book list. So here's what I think. If you want to study something, stick with these books. I don't do that because those are the right ones and the ones that you run into with someone at some other uh, teacher or aren't those aren't just as good, maybe better. It's just that if you're going to ask me questions about the material, it needs to be something I'm at least familiar with. Otherwise, then I have to go back and study a bunch of material. And there's there's just tons and tons. I mean, you could just spend the rest of your life reading uh, Jeffrey Hopkins. And, and uh, you know, and other, other uh, translators and teachers and interpreters and commentaries and so on. So I would uh, maybe pick out a, a couple. Uh, you're always welcome to join our uh, study group, which happens uh, once or sometimes twice a day. We just sit down with a particular text. I think we've been through this, but uh, we're not on it right now. We've been through the Lankavatara Sutra four times together as a group studying it. We're studying, we've been studying Dogen for years every noon Wednesday. Pick out one or two and just stay with those and study with others. You don't have to study with our Sangha, but study with other people so that, so that, you, so that you're not just your own little study group. Took me a long time, decades, to realize how important it is to study with others. When I first set that up back in the mid-70s, I thought I was doing it for others, but I was really doing it to train my mind by working with other people, uh, talking about the Dharma. Probably didn't help anybody. Isan, go ahead. Isan Bowing. Um, 
if we are, so you say to be the aggression you're trying to get rid of without doing aggression, what is that to be the aggression you're trying to get rid of? So good one. So, so you're, something is happening or you're feeling this way or that way or whatever. And you'll notice that there's a, if you're a meditator, if you're not a meditator, you're probably, probably going to be trapped by your aggression and it's going to be coming out of your mouth or out of your, your fist or your uh, samurai sword uh, before you even know what's happening because you're, you're, you are entrained by your neurosis. And you, I think you think that's you, that's your identity. You need to defend this. You think you are the body. You need to attack. You need to protect. You need to, you need to, you need to, but if, you, if you're training your mind, you slowly over time, and it won't be a strong credential. It won't be, uh, it'll be more like uh, fragrance rather than some kind of idea or thought pattern. Some other sense field will probably be more sensitive in that area. And it will be a quality that will begin to arise where you see that the raw leading edge of the aggression before you hook up your musculature, your vocal cords, or your frontal lobe, however you want to look at it. There are different ways of dividing it up. But you'll you'll get you get a better feeling for that. It's not comfortable. It's not like you. If, if I'm helping you with your meditation practice, you probably are kind of in for it because it's not fun. <laughs> it's not and it's not entertaining. And I want you to see the neurosis that you're avoiding. That's the help I got from both uh, from Trungpa Rinpoche and from Coben. Uh, they they both could see right through this old man. And they didn't hesitate to help me and put, put helping me before anything, as far as I could tell. They didn't care whether I liked them or not. But I really cared whether they liked me because I was really trying to see how, if, am I getting anywhere? Am I, am I a, kind of close to enlightenment, maybe? <laughs> maybe really smart, you know. I actually didn't think I was really smart, but I thought I could make them think I was. A little bit different. Further question about that, Isan, if you have it, it's a good question. So the, what it sounds like to me is that the experience of the aggression or the neurosis comes up and is quite uncomfortable and quite abrasive. And to be, be that, you just take it instead of turning away and doing something with it. Is that right? Yeah, that's pretty well said, but you don't have to double up uh, on it in another direction. And with the idea that with some kind of a little, uh, a little envelope off to one side that if you open it and read it said, if I do this a lot, I'll never <laughs> do this again. There are no guarantees. Okay. You may, you may never get rid of it. The anger may come up the rest of your causes and conditions are dependently arisen. The whole thing is dependent. So, and you can't, you can't track it down. So the fundamental situation is not so much to get rid of the aggression or get rid of the world or get rid of anybody or get rid of uh, negativity or your difficult feelings, but uh, fundamentally to, by looking at what's coming and going by looking at the neurosis and not joining it, not rejecting it and not shutting down on that passion, aggression, and ignorance, you eventually will see that there's no one witnessing that, that that has, it's just, self-existing it just exists as it is it's a, a, a quite a conundrum for the thinking mind and the thinking mind starts to go in there with its machinery and it just finds everything just uh, collapses or rusts or 
all the all the lubricants go out of it and it can't move anymore. It's still there. You still are probably going to feel trapped. But your your vow, if you receive the the vow, your, your, the vow just reflect on the vow. Be with all things. Put others before yourself. And that way, so what? So you're suffering. So what? Not so what. Even that's extra. Mm -hmm. That's helpful. Go ahead, please. Go ahead, please. I just said that that that's that's very helpful. Car carrying that forward a little bit beyond just where I had it. That was. Um, thank you. Mm -hmm. Carl Bowie. Go ahead, Carl. To follow up on Isan's question, if you're identifying that the edge of that aggression and just being it, doesn't that require a sort of relative understanding, at least at first, like that somehow I am separate than this thing? So is, is relative understanding a step toward a more uh, absolute understanding, Alan? Yes. Teresa. Teresa Bowling, what does it mean when you say to become clear about the delusion, Bowling? Yeah. So if we go the other way and what, what often happens with people, we want to be clear about clarity. We want to just feel more clear about how clear we are or clear about everything. So we want to have, so we stay in the relative Mobius strip of, of clear and cloudy and clear and cloudy and clear until we stay in relative truth. We keep looking for something else when actually the Buddha nature awakening is in the delusion. This is why often one of the, the images for that is finding the Buddha in the palm of your hand, fi finding uh, a jewel in a garbage heap. That's where you have to look. You have to look in your own personal garbage heap. And uh, it doesn't matter if you flinch, but you can only flinch for so long. Just do it anyway. It's not not like not like torturing yourself. So do it do it softly. Some traditions are very macho and trying to kind of force the issue there with the sticks and clubs and and strong forms that uh, won't let you bend your knee. I don't. Uh, I'm not going to fight with that. If you want to do it that way, go ahead. There are teachers that will work with you that way. Uh, but I just say. I sit a lot, but when I say something, uh, watch what moves, you're going to watch the delusion. You need to watch it. If it's on the cushion, that's delusion. If it's getting up and going to the refrigerator, that's delusion. If it's going to the bedroom and uh, complaining because your partner hasn't made the bed, that's delusion. If it's going to the bedroom and not having a partner and wishing you had a partner, it's delusion. I'm not saying it's not painful. I'm not saying that we don't want things to be otherwise but it's unreal because of its apparent tugging at, at itself for something else, something else, something else, something else. And you don't go the other way and say, there isn't anything else unless you're functioning the way I am. And I do that. I say that. So, but I don't do it necessarily just you know, some kind of a nothing else teaching because sometimes there needs to be something else. So we need to work with it relatively and work with it as it is. So this is why sometimes they're called stages on the path. Some people are kind of almost orderly going along in a certain way and other people uh, need to be kicked off the cliff. 
Depends on who it is. Again, dependent origination. Don't get too close. When I found out who Trungpa Rinpoche was, I backed up because I knew I was in for it. Other people moved to Boulder and became his uh, shoeshine people. In other words, waited on him hand and foot. I couldn't do that. It was just too frightening. Chokobang. Yes. How did the backing up with Chogyam help you fundamentally? Because I, I just backed up to get a breath of fresh air. It wasn't fresh. It was actually stale air, stale air, but I was used to it. So I backed up, but I didn't leave. I didn't leave. I stayed and I, and I uh, treated him. Uh, I became a student of his. It was choiceless. I couldn't help it. I didn't want, I wanted to, and I didn't want to, you guys know, I mean, you know, when you really want something, but you don't really want to do that, but you really want somebody, you don't really want to do that. And then picking and choosing. And uh, I was just happened to pick, I'm staying here. And once I decided, I tend to be quite stubborn anyway. Once I decided I wasn't going to, my life depended on, I wasn't going to go anywhere. And, and there was all kinds of things uh, happened uh, as any of you have tracked uh, or the Vidyadara or any of the Shambhala lineage and everything. It's just a big mess from the point of view of relative truth. But you can't go in and pick and choose. You can't sort that out. You're not going to find an angel anywhere. I'm not validating anybody or anything. I'm just saying I would not be here. And you've heard me say this many times. If it weren't for him, I can't, so I, I can't do anything other than say, okay, well, he helped me and I'm going to help others if I can. Same thing with, uh, with Coben, Coben Chino Roshi. Had no interest in me liking him. More about that if you have it. Shokabang, when, uh, you talk about some of his students moved there and uh, yeah. started functioning closer to him. Yeah. Does that relative relationship help somebody more so than somebody that might not do that? No, makes no difference. Makes no, the, you can't figure it out. It makes no difference. The causes and conditions that arise as each person is here and then what is there, 30 some people here? Completely unique, completely, you know, there's no, you can't even compare notes. That's why I often say to people, if you're having experiences uh, to do with uh, enlightenment or to do with uh, working with the three poisons or the six poisons or 15 poisons, uh, do nothing with it. Don't tell anybody about it. Don't share your experiences. Study with others, but don't, don't compare what's happening with you. Keep it to yourself. You don't even have to tell the teaching person about it, but it might be a good idea to check in once in a while. So by the way, I, I can't see everybody on the screen. So if you, sometimes when we ask a question in our uh, Sangha, we say, you know, Sokazan bowing, or we hold up our Ngasho or Anjali. And uh, if you're, you might doing that on the other screen, I can't see you. I can only see uh, 
what, 25 people here and there's 30 some people. So you might have to yell or just move to the screen. <laughs> if you're a techie, you should be able to do that. <laughs> Don't you? Question from Robert Switek. Robert. Is conscious consciousness without our objectification? Yeah, consciousness is a uh, uh, consciousness is just a fundamental nature of everything. Uh, it's just uh, it's just different frequencies. So our objectification, if I'm understanding your question, yes, there's uh, we objectify this. I'm somebody. Uh, I have a, a body mind. This is my identity. I am this body mind complex, and I, I have these thoughts. And then we object. Then we turn this into a valuable object. We pick and choose, pick and choose, pick and choose. And the picking and choosing is not wrong. It's actually based on relative truth. Of course, it's correct. Just like if someone murders somebody, we put them in prison. But we don't look deep enough in the dependent origination to see that if you go way back, you'll see that this person was probably murdered in what I call or what's commonly called another lifetime. It may be another lifetime. It just may be the nature of consciousness to show up as individuals. Just like uh, Trump Rinpoche once responded to a question that a woman had about um, when his holiness passed away in 1981, his holiness the 16th Karmapa Rang Jung said, well, so will, will, will his holiness come back? Will it be his holiness coming back as the 17th Karmapa? And uh, <laughs> I have to paraphrase because I can't remember the, can't quote it exactly, but it was, uh, um, it was something like, um, uh, you, you could, you and his holiness, you could connect with his holiness energy and you could come back as a 17th karmapa, which is like another way of saying, uh, uh, if you're practicing uh, Chen Rezig or Avalokiteshvara, some kind of a, a practice of a deity or a white Tara, like we did uh, what, yesterday or day before yesterday, uh, you are that. You aren't separate from anything. That's what these practices are about. You are that. And you're also not that. And so that's why when, when somebody does something terrible, uh, they might do a whole lot of good things and then suddenly they do something just terrible. You know, you can't track that. You can't blame, praise and blame are really, really amazing in their, in their the, the labyrinth of just the wish to pin it on somebody. Somebody's gotta be responsible for this. And it's, it's well, all you have to do is watch CNN for a little while. And it's just, even the really good, so-called good people are warlike. Don't go to war, don't go to peace. If you don't understand what I mean by that, then ask and I will try to respond in a way that'll be helpful to you rather than control you. I don't want to control anything or anyone. Go ahead. Is white tar permanent? Nothing is permanent, nothing lasts. What it represents uh, isn't in that dimension of permanent, impermanent or, or uh, arising and ceasing. So if you're asking about it in that way, just like who you are, who you fundamentally are, uh, uh, can't can't go away because it doesn't arise. It's not. It's, it has no. What, what's the fancy word in the books? There's no ontological status. As as some phenomena or something, you can't you can't find its qualities. You can't find uh, anything that it is. <laughs> you should stop telling jokes. <laughs> 
<laughs> More? Further questions? Yes. She's allowing. Um, I think earlier Don asked a question if. That guy right there? Yeah. The <laughs> form that consciousness takes, if, and I'm paraphrasing, if it's influenced by, by the, the consciousness or if it is. And you, you said yes, the form we see is influenced or, or in, in, influenced by the consciousness. And I'm wondering if the consciousness, if, if there's differentiated consciousnesses. So uh, if there's some kind of location happening, like a body-mind complex, then well, the, the consciousness that is arising in your situation or my situation or anyone's situation is going to appear as a differentiated, just like an oak tree is different from a palm tree. So there's some kind of manifestation coming up, but then that decays and goes away and goes into the, into the earth, into the water, into the fire, into the air. More? Um, is there... Are there layers of consciousness? Yes, from the from the point of view of studying them, from the ultimate point of view, there's there isn't anything else. There isn't anything but consciousness. Even that is extra. Fundamentally, there's 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 always um, there's always some kind of graduation to the situation of uh, no matter how deep you go, you're going to find something. Until there isn't anything left, no one to go, nowhere to go, nothing to do. And you may be, this may show up uh, while you're in a, in a human form. It may show up when you're in, a, uh, in, a, uh, in some other form, in another dimension, in another, another layer of consciousness. This is unending because it, why? Hasn't begun. More? Does the understanding come from the dismantling of consciousness? It starts there. We start, the provisional teachings start dismantling uh, the, the uh, five skandhas, uh, the Four Noble Truths, taking it apart. The 12 links are really, uh, really interesting and, and start out being quite brittle. In other words, being very solid things that connect together so we can track it. But then the more we look into it, the more we begin to see that it's, it's not that, uh, it's not that uh, concrete or not, that, not even that dependable as far as a concept because it's pointing to something beyond itself. Like just like a finger as they say in the Zen tradition, the finger pointing at the moon. If you, if you look at the finger, then you look where it's pointing, the finger disappears. It's just relative truth uh, um, pointing at something that is not there. The moon, uh, in a sense, is not there. More. The, the tenet, as I recall, is the form that consciousness finds is empty as it appears and full as it is. Yes. Is there a practice quality or or a way to practice that tenet? Yes. Uh, sit down, hold still, and watch the movement. Watch the movement until, until, until. And watch the movement until. But don't wait for anything. Patience is not waiting for something. The, the, the function of patience may start out as, uh, like my mother said, uh, hold your horses. I didn't have any horses. And I was wondering why you talk to me about my horses. More. So far, you've talked about the first and second tenet. I'm wondering if there's a, the major, what, what the major distinction might be. Between the two. 
it's, it's just a way of consciousness always finds its own form. That's just saying that anything that is occurring is going to find, if there's an elseness to it, it's going to find that form. So simply put, it just means that it's just, just watch it. It's just that which is observing uh, is not moving. It's just a way of talking about it to help me, help us look more closely at the fundamental, the fundamental situation that is happening, which is a, uh, thoughts moving in consciousness, emotions and memories arising, things getting triggered, and just observe and watch that come and go, come and go. Don't add, don't subtract, don't divide, uh, don't, no passion, aggression, and ignorance. Uh, um, gently, there's no force, we're not, we're not, it's not that macho kind of control thing. Do it, uh, re be respectful of the negativity you're working with instead of trying to get rid of it. Actually, it's it's not separate from what you're looking for. It's just showing up as uh, abrasive and rough and prickly and hot and bad health and bad uh, bad temper and bad, 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 bad. And most people don't have, uh, are not free and well favored, free to come to a meeting like this where nobody's trying to make you do anything. At least I'm not. This is, we do this together. It's mutual. I might show up as some kind of a boss or some kind of a uh, um, a guru or a, a leader or whatever. And yes, I function like that, but I do it, I do it situationally. So I'm, I'm always, whatever I see, that's what I am. Wh wh whomever I meet is whom appropriate in that sense. Whomever I meet. Thanks. What are you up to? <laughs> coffee person. <laughs> so the fourth, the third tenant, which we'll do tomorrow is uh, got a lot more words. That's meaningful. Um, it tends to go in circles, which is deliberate. And it it makes a lot of sense. Uh, doesn't make any sense as it appears, but it's makes. I'm using the second one to validate the third one. Let's see, but it's but it's really nice as it is. I enjoy reading. I've read it many many times, and I've forced Chazon to read it a few times at gunpoint. <laughs> read this, and if you don't like it. Be real careful what you say, because <laughs> I've just worked hard on this. So these tenets are meant, what, what is the reason? It's, it's meant to help you to, to use something. If it's helpful, there's no requirement. Even people who are, are students or fully ordained monks, which I think we have several here, um, there's no requirement to do, to do this. If you're a student of mine, if you're a student of mine, then you're, the requirement is train your mind. and and. I'm not going to interfere. You don't have to take precepts or vows or anything. Do whatever you want to do. I would say, if you're a student of mine, then stay in touch with me and participate with the Sangha. Participate the, 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 the Buddha. I'm not the Buddha, obviously, So, but teacher teaching what is being taught. And this is part of it, but it's not all of it. I've been running my mouth for years now with the motivation to be helpful, not just to be a smarty pants. And of course, the last one is, uh, as I've said before, is to 
probably the most important of the three jewels is the Sangha, the community. You can't do this with just a teacher and just something to study because uh, the teacher, if they're a true teacher, they won't chase you down. They won't say, why, why aren't you studying with me anymore? Why, don't you like me anymore? Or my teaching's not working for you? Or... <laughs> they might be relieved to see you go. <laughs> I don't see anybody laughing. Now there's a few people laughing. Getting ready to leave. <laughs> So as I say, don't do anything else you have to, including study the Dharma. I do something. But if you want to do this, and I'm, I, I'm all about helping with this. If you want my help, I will try to help you without meddling with you. Shoto. Is awakening a function of the teacher? The student, the teacher, and the and awakening are not different things. They just appear that way until they, they just stop looking that way anymore. And it's, it's, and it's nothing particularly, there's no celebration. I mean, you could celebrate, but from the relative point of view, nothing has occurred other than you stop covering up who you are. You stop covering up your true nature. That doesn't mean you have, you're omnipotent in the sense that you know everything but you could say that you no longer ignore. So as long as there's a body-mind construct here, which is me or you, then there's gonna be some kind of relative ignorance going on all the time. Anytime you look at one thing, you're ignoring everything else. Anytime, as I'm doing here, I'm producing. I'm producing out of what it looks like uh, would be appropriate. I don't know how else to say it, not particularly evaluating anything. More, go ahead. Um, kind of coming out of something you told me in a private dokusan, and I'm wondering if I can just bring it up in private. It's up to you. Um, can I say something you said to me in that? That's up to you. It's your, your information. Yes, you can say that. You said none of your students are awakened, not yet. Yeah, I did. What is yet? Well, it's going to take a while. Why, do you want to be awake? I'm not too happy with what's going on right now. So by the way, I'm, it's a very valid question. Yeah, they're not. I mean, people, but people are working on it. There's a big difference between somebody who's studying the Dharma, whether they're a student of mine and they're a student of uh, a Thich Nhat Hanh or Dalai Lama, His Holiness Dalai Lama. There's, there's a, a big difference between people who are studying the Dharma with uh, and, and possibly other traditions. Uh, you know, the Advaita tradition is very powerful. Indian tradition, some of those are, depending on the teacher, very powerful. So, but no, no one is, uh, people are doing well, they're practicing hard. Further question about that? Go ahead. How can we receive that teaching and not second guess what's in front of us? Just don't do it. Stop doing it. And how do you do that? How do you do it? You watch how you can't do it. Just watch the negativity. Watch the garbage. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for the question, Junchu. Junchu Valley. 
does the appearance of something point to its fullness? Yes. Yeah, everything is pointing out. Everything is teaching. The Buddha Dharma show, shows up everywhere. If you have, uh, if you if you're unreceived and not on producing, when you see something, if you start producing, in other words, what is it? What uh, naming it and uh, analyzing it, judging it, and evaluating, even though it might uh, relatively it might deserve to be valued or devalued, or whatever it might have that context. So it's not that you're not going to do that somewhat, but just being very observant about that approving, disapproving, and ignoring. Just, just watch how that moves and do nothing with it. Don't correct it. Just observe it. And so, go ahead. If it's empty as it appears, is that telling us to look past the appearance? No, look right at it the appearance is empty but we don't realize uh, when we're when we're confused and when we're obstructed or when we're fearful or when we're hopeful when we're taking any kind of uh, position around that accepting rejecting or looking away then we don't see its uh, its true nature we don't have a direct perception of uh, and it begins as a shunyata or empty that we begin to think are empty of what we thought was happening there and so that, but that's not the conclusion. The fullness is the conclusion, but it's not a relative fullness. But we have to have to say something, or we don't don't have to say anything. You just mums the word. More. When we see anything, are we are we missing its appearance? You're you're not missing the appearance. You're but you're interpreting the appearance. So you're actually covering it up with your concepts, your conclusions, your preconceptions, your ideas, that are relatively valid. I mean, you could have other people tell you about this appearance and complain about a particular person based on their projections, their ideas, and you might stay away from that person because you you believe or trust the your friends to say don't oh, don't don't talk to George, uh, don't go around him. He's uh, he's dangerous or he's whatever. So that kind of a relative thing that you have to deal with the relative world. This is why people in ancient times went to mountaintops or went into monasteries and still do. This is a monastery. It's where you can draw back away and, ha and have a bodhi or awakening mandala or a circle where the emphasis is on awakening, not just on making a living or making money or getting famous or being an entertainer or anything like that at all. Train the mind to see clearly. More. Any other questions? Any questions out there in uh, Zoom? Anna Maria bowing. Anna Maria, go ahead. Um, when, when what arises is intense anger or fear, how do you discern its fullness from your filling it? Its fullness from that you're filling it? Yes. Yeah. Good question. Just that you can ask that question uh, tells me that you're looking at that dividing line or you're looking at the way that you're, you could say you're discriminating awareness, wisdom, you're the natural quality of your prajna, which you don't have to create. Just stop getting in the way of it. You're actually beginning to see that. And I would say just continue. 
just look at the uh, differentiation and desire, the differentiation and the desire for this to leave or for that to increase. Very, it's a very simple, uh, almost a surgical kind of approach to it. But it, but it, it, can't, be, uh, uh, it can't be fueled by too much goal orientation other than the natural goal orientation that comes up that this is painful, seeing this is painful. And notice that if you don't add to it, interesting, it just kind of slides away. But if you, if you get a credential out of it sliding away, it comes right back. So because you, what you've done is you've, you've left the spiritual path for 30 seconds and gone on to the mundane path of accomplishing something, spiritual materialism takes a while, it takes, takes a while to do it. And, and you won't get, because it's not spiritual materialism, it's just the true spiritual path, you won't get a credential. You won't even get what's commonly thought of uh, in society and in dictionaries and in Wikipedia or whatever as enlightenment. That's why anyone who is functioning as a teacher, uh, uh, she may not be very clear about what what enlightenment is because they 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 realize that it's not helpful it might might satisfy one a little bit to have some words or ideas about it but it, it really need to do it so we need to relate to if someone has a student uh if that true teacher in other words someone teaches out of what they see not out of what they know i'm not saying they wouldn't use their thinking process to help them of course we have to communicate these, these are these uh, words are, are as a conceptual uh, method. But what's being pointed at is uh, uh, not uh, concepts and it, it has no uh, mundane uh, existence. That's why it's transcendent. That's why that, that's where that word came from. You transcend this world without leaving it. You still are here, gravity still works. Uh, you're, you're hunger still works, your irritation about the lawnmower next door when you're trying to sleep still works, all that works, adds up to what? Nothing. It doesn't mean it's not there and it doesn't mean it's not abrasive, but it has no duration, hardly at all. Anna Maria Bowing, you, you described being with the anger and then adding feels even more painful. But sometimes being with the, riding the intensity of the anger, not necessarily adding, can feel more painful. Don't ride the intensity of anger. I mean, even, I mean, it's not a bad metaphor, but just receive it. I mean, the anger is showing up in you. So just here, don't even say here it comes or don't say it to uh, make yourself at home, but do nothing with it. Be, be a, a minimalist, function on a, as radical a, a way as you can with, this is what all uh, shikantaza is, is radical meditation. Sit down, hold still, and don't do anything. I don't care if you fall asleep. I don't care if you fall over. I don't care if you get up and go to the kitchen. Watch the movement. Even if it's your body getting up and going to the can or going for a walk, just start the meditation and then watch what moves. And then four hours later, strike the gong again or whatever time you've decided on four hours is a good block set. Anna Maria Bowing, can you speak to the relationship between movement and adding or the movement of adding? Bowing. 
So uh, <clears throat> if I'm following you here, I'm saying you might watch yourself because you're watching what moves. You're watching that you're adding on to something. Uh, if you do that and you and you don't do something to go the other way, when I say don't add, I know you can't help it. I add all the time. But if I say, uh, if I try to approach it a different direction, it, it, isn't, it, it, it is not as direct as just saying don't add. Uh, it's just like saying train your mind. I know it's hard to train your mind, but do it anyway. When I say don't add, this brings the awareness right to how much you're adding. I mean, you actually know that you're, and you, you may have uh, areas where, where when you, when I say don't add, where, uh, where you actually could just stop adding in that area. You might just notice that backs off as soon as you hear that someone say that, me say that, well, I just, you know, it just kind of stops on its own. And then the other areas, it seems to be even more aggressive. And I would say, just observe, just observe. And, and uh, if that gets intense, uh, that's still something you're receiving. It's not something you're producing. The difference between reception and production uh, is uh, it's just necessary to watch what's being produced rather than going to war with it. And, and of course, watch what and whatever is being received just uh, as, a, um, as um, another kind of an image for that is just be a good uh, host or hoster or hostess. Or just just uh, be, be welcome whatever comes in, even if they're to, it's your crazy uncle. Just, yeah, let um, him come. Just uh, Valerie, yeah. one last question. Um, is, is my looking or is looking for that line of demarcation, is that adding? No. Hmm. Finding it or concluding it, that's there's some adding going on there, but just look, just observe. If you if you need a conclusion, it'll just come up and just it'll just it'll just be like your skin. It'll be like your your green scarf. It'll just be there. But you don't have to kind of put it on, yeah. Now you may, one of these days you're gonna receive a rock suit. I think. It's only been what? 10 years or something like that. Who so, sewed that Roxy for me? No, it's so I've already got your name on it and everything. And I, I thought I'm most the most evil insulting name I could come up with. And that's what you're getting. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I like that. <laughs> like, I'm trying to make my way there. I really am. I know you're, well, this is a difficult season for any of us to go anywhere. Of course. Final questions if we have them. Here, up. Are you between conclusions? Why is you laughing? How would you answer that if you were me? Do you, do you think I'm between conclusions? I'm in the same parking lot. <laughs> it's a good question. So yeah, a little bit, it's not, but it's not a between feeling. It's just uh, uh, the conclusions happen with, uh, in my experience, in my life, working with um, anyone that I talk to, whether it's Uno or anyone else here, anyone else that I talk to, it's, uh, it's pretty much on receive. 
that doesn't mean that collusions don't spontaneously occur, but they happen out of the karma that it was, it was originally this old man who used to be a young man, used to be a lot of things a long time ago in other wherever. So there, any, any conclusion, I'm not arguing with anything. So if a conclusion comes up, the practice is to not conclude if you can help it, but you can't help it. But so then it becomes, you become really clear about the conclusions that you can take some of the fuel or the energy away from and the other ones that you're just, you know, you're, that's gonna be just kind of a reminder of what a fool you are. Uh, I mean, I mean that, uh, just that you're, you're not gonna get what you wanted. You get what you got and did you get something? Maybe. You can't particularly help people who are struggling with their anger, their aggression, their passion, their their death wish or whatever it may be, unless if you've gotten rid of all of your problems and you're suddenly some bright and shiny uh, person, angelic being. You have to you have to help people. This is a this is what the metaphor for Kishiti Garba or Jizo Bodhisattva going into any of the realms, in particular the hell realm. Meet everyone where they're at. Uh, Mike. It might be hell. What does shining mean in my name? Um, means that you're a shining path. Yeah, it means that uh, just look at everything that's lit up. Look at what's path is all lit up. And you're a monk, so you've got a good start. <laughs> you actually have a form and a structure where you can, you're a young man, you can practice for the next 50, 60 years, pretty much, unless uh, the government lets us. <laughs> Rinpoche moved to Canada. I think he was concerned about being persecuted in uh, this country. You can kind of see where that might show up more. Any further questions out there in uh, Zoom land? Okay, so we'll dedicate to merit from here and you can all join us. May the merit of this penetrate to all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. The three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna, Paramita, 